It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hawkeye fans, get ready. It's time for the Hawkeye Nation radio show, powered by the Polk County iClub on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 AM and now 106.3 FM KXNO. And welcome to the Hawkeye Nation radio show here on KXNO 106.3 FM. Andrew Downs and Trent Condon along with you, taking you through this hour of Hawkeye content coming up. We'll get an inside look at Northwestern. We'll talk with Joe Schmelka. But before we do that, Trent, first of all, welcome. Thank you. How you feeling? You the, the kind of come down from where we were three weeks ago. It's It's been difficult. It really has. As taking away a broadcaster's perspective and just talking about it, really at the fan perspective. And you and I, we tried to meld kind of both of those worlds together and look at things as as much as you can with the fan hat off, but it, it still creeps in. And the frustration that has been there and the frustration that comes in because this is still a talented team. Were they ahead of schedule? I, I think we talked about that back when they were 6-0. and This is still a really young team. And you knew there were issues and you knew there could have been things to come up, but to go through after a bye week that performance on Saturday against Wisconsin to see you turn the football over three times inside the 22 to give a Wisconsin team that still I don't think is very good that kind of opportunity to control the game that's the frustrating aspect if it played out without those turnovers and played out the way that I kind of thought it was going to it was just a slugfest 14-12 game and you got beat so be it. But right. to lose it in that fashion, that's right now. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, on, on a, a macro level, there are some some things we should talk about big picture wise, uh, kind of where this program is, maybe in comparison to a program like Wisconsin, who uh, we need to be better than if we're going to be the, the class of the Big Ten West. And we'll certainly get to that. But on a micro level, just from that game Saturday, I mean, really from the beginning, it felt like Iowa was was the worst team on the field, it, and and that never really changed. And that's a really disappointing thing because, as you said, this isn't a great Wisconsin team, uh, but this is a Wisconsin team that was able to, in a week, kind of completely change their game plan in order to play against Iowa. This is a quarterback and completed five passes in their first scoring drive against Iowa. Mm-hmm. That's a change of philosophy. That's a game plan change. And then on the other sideline, we see a team who had a week off after being blown out by Purdue and didn't seemingly change a single thing. And that is both frustrating, that's worrisome, and it's just uh it's it's hard as a fan where we had such high hopes and now it's like, man, we can't even beat a bad Wisconsin team. Like what 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 are we what are we even doing here? The actually listening to to Chad and and to Kennington with the Hawkeye Central their their podcast, the Hawk Central podcast here on KXNO, and popped into my mind. 
thinking about adaptability, and that's something you have to change. And we've you know, joked about Kirk 2.0 and 3.0, a new Kirk, and we've talked about it for 23 years, and those kind of things are going to happen. But is he willing to adapt at a level that's maybe necessary? I, I think back to 2004, the last time Iowa won a Big Ten title. In 2004, had all the injuries at running back, really banged up team, and they put the ball in the hands of Drew Tate. Now, they try to still run the football, and sometimes it was big chucks Aaron Mickens, who was a fullback, and his walk-ons like Sam Brownlee, and they, they try to show some semblance, but ultimately, it was about the passing game. Would I would do that today? Would they do that same thing 17 years later? And I think the answer to that, unfortunately, is no. Yeah. That they wouldn't be willing today to adapt. And it's Kirk, ultimately, right. that's willing to adapt to what that is. And we can bitch and moan and complain about Brian Ferentz, and I've done it plenty myself, and probably still do it here in the next couple of minutes. But ultimately, it comes down to the head man. And if he's not willing to make that kind of change and listening to him this week, it doesn't feel like it's there. You're concerned that even this week against a bad Northwestern team, you're not going to see enough change willing to get to the level that I think this Iowa team should get to. All right, so let me make you czar of the Iowa football program for a moment. Oh, sorry, everybody. What what do these changes kind of look like tangibly, other mm-hmm. than, you know, just, hey, it's old Kirk, and, you know, we, we all kind of have the same gripes and complaints. Like, what tangibly do you think would you like to see realistically change for the last five games of this season? I think it starts with the offensive line, and I'm sorry to Nick DeYoung, but it's over. After last week's performance where he only played 15 snaps, I think it was, in the game, yeah. In his nine pass-blocking opportunities, he graded out a pro football focus at a 0.0. I've never seen it before. Wow. 0.0, basically meaning on every passing opportunity, he got beat. He's the opposite of Tristan Wirfs. Right, yes. That's what it is. And Linderbaum still continues to grade out at an incredibly high level there. We have to start there. And it's over. And if it's Jack Plum, if it's moving Richmond out there, whatever it is, Connor Colby, you just, it's over. For right now, you're not playing at a level well enough that you can play for us right tackle anymore. So I started that moment and helping out that offensive line as much as possible. I'm also doing that with the tight ends as I'm keeping Lachey in. I'm going a lot of two tight end. I'm keeping an extra guy in there. I'm going to go that direction and just hopefully that you can at least get a chip on some of those outside guys. You just see week after week just how they continue to get wider and wider against our tackles and can't do anything to combat that. Guys are not filling the gaps well and we're having trouble there. It's just that continues to go. You got to get the ball out quick. I said it last week. They didn't do it. No. They showed a couple of things early on, and then it just reverted back to the same tendencies that we see week out, week after week. Got to get the ball out quick. If Spencer Petrus goes through his second progression, there's nothing there. It's dead. The play is over. Yes. So get it to the first one out there quick. And if you're not, Petrus got to take some shots down the field, too. He does. He does. You struggle to run the football. You got eight, nine guys in the box, and then you're not even taking shots down the field. That means max protect. That might be... Only two guys are involved in the route because of the offensive line is so bad. But you have to do something because right now, nothing is working. We've seen Keegan Johnson can make plays and he can make plays up the field. Go max protect, two guys in the route, two crossers, whatever it is, and that's it. I think those are a couple of things that you can point to and hope for, at least get this offense going at some kind of level. All right, so I mentioned we talked a little bit about the bigger picture and kind of the the fact that even a down Wisconsin team is likely going to represent the Big Ten West in in Indianapolis, if not them, Minnesota. Uh, We've seen Northwestern over the last four seasons go from winning the Big Ten West to terrible, to winning the Big Ten West and now terrible again. This is now if if Iowa doesn't get some help and and you know kind of win out here, 
Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll leave room that it is possible for it Iowa is. to still win the Big Ten West. Uh, this could all change, and, and this re- this conversation could sound ridiculous in, in five weeks, and I hope it does. Uh, but let's say it doesn't. This is six years in a row now where Iowa doesn't represent the West. This is It's starting to get to a point where if, if that's not the goal, and it should be the goal, I guess if that goal is unreachable, where are we as a program? And, and when you see a Wisconsin team who's just – year in and year out able to do this um, it's it's frustrating and it really makes you start to wonder big picture where we are as a program you know AD it's a conversation that I know I've had with you and I've said on my show a lot going back to the summer when we started up here as good as I was Ben one of the top teams in the country in terms of wins over the last five years they haven't broke down the door they've had a lot of good teams and a lot of good players that have come down through there and during what would turn out to be now a six-year run it's not good enough at Iowa to not win the division a division that, frankly, is not very good. No. It just isn't. And for Iowa to have all these wins, but to stub your toe, and the losses to Purdue, and the losses to Northwestern, and seeing Northwestern get there twice, and seeing Wisconsin the other years get there every single time. There's no excuse for it. This team has been too good. These teams have been too talented to not at least get to Indianapolis one of those six years. That's where the frustration lies for me, because this program should be better than what they are against their brethren in the Big Ten West. They should be a team. At the very least, I can break down the door. That's all it was for me this year. That's all I wanted out of everything was to win the division, get to Indianapolis for the first time since 2015. And now without some help, it's not going to happen again. But it starts with the old backyard. And you got to start winning football games. But yep. when you look at the program as a whole, you look at changes, just look at the offense since Brian Ferentz has taken over. Total offense, 2017, 121st. 116th the following year. 2019, 91st. Last year, 40th. In a weird COVID year. And this year, they're 120th. Says a lot. Well, you could argue, Trent, it's not about total yardage. They play complementary football. <laughs> right. It's about efficiency. Yeah. I got efficiency numbers. All for right. You. S&P Plus, 70th in his first year. 18th in year two. All right. That's a good one. 53rd, 64th. And this year, 91st Oof. in offensive efficiency. That takes into ball control like Iowa plays. And they're just not even playing at an efficient level there. That's not good enough. Ken O'Keefe's numbers, a lot better than that. We're looking at, historically, in the Kirk Ferentz era, the worst offense, even worse right now than his first year in 1999. And it doesn't seem like there's a lot there to change that. I mean, we have good skill players. Do we have a quarterback? In in yeah. the program right now, is there a quarterback in this program right now who, who is, has the skill set to, to take this to the next level? You'd hope Labus because he's the guy that we've seen the least, right? And and he's the guy right now, the true freshman that's on campus. I know there was a lot of excitement about Deuce Hogan. Yeah, you kind of look at some of his numbers in high school. They don't wow you by any means playing small school uh, football down in Texas. You know, Padilla, I like his ability to run. That's yeah. why I wanted to see him last year get a shot during the summer. I want it to be an open competition because he adds an element that the Iowa offense just doesn't have right now. But the guy looks like he's about 5'7 out there, too. He does. I don't know if he's actually the six foot that he's listed at. He's a little guy. Little guys can make it work. And yeah. That's not to say that it can't. What I wonder, though, AD, how quick the hook is. If they go and they trudge around and they're down 10 3 at the half, mm. and Petrus is throwing a couple more touchdowns, is it a quick hook this week? We know Kirk loves to stand by his man. He does. I mean, we need to get to get the Patsy Klein out for him. But <laughs> if there's ever a time, it feels like the time would have to be in a situation like that. I wonder if that'll happen. 
I hope we don't have to see that. Yeah. Let, let's let's talk about this game against Northwestern. Northwestern is not a good football team. No. Uh, we don't know who their quarterback is going to be. Um, this is a, a game where Iowa should dominate. I was a little surprised that Iowa is, what, I think I've seen like a 12, 12 yeah. and a half point favorite. Yep. Um, just because of how inept this offense has been, this Hawkeye offense has been. I guess, how, how do you feel overall? It's It's hard because, again... I have the last two weeks in my head, mm-hmm. and so if I have that in my head, I think, man, we're we're gonna this is gonna be a slog. We're gonna struggle, and we've seen games against Northwestern where if we're not ready to go, they stick around long enough to make a play at the end of the game and, and come away with a win. I'm not sure this Northwestern team is capable of that, but the Iowa team we've seen the last two weeks is certainly capable of losing this game. So there's two ways that I look at this game. Either Iowa's going to absolutely murder them, and we've seen that happen against Northwestern. When Iowa beats Northwestern, yes. they kick the crap out of it. Yes. It's not a tight one. If it's a tight one, though, Uh-oh. Northwestern's probably going to win the football game because Fitz in the fourth quarter of these games has outcoached and outschemed Ferentz time in and time out when it's close. So this is the one where you got to hope that Iowa jumps out right away. And they take the football and they march right down the field and they're up 7 nothing, and they put them behind the eight ball and take them out of the element. Now last year, they did that and then kept throwing the ball in the second half as they let the big lead dissipate as Northwestern came back and win. But if you do something like that, get those positive vibes back too. It's still a team that was ranked second in the yes. country. Yes. That was 6-0. and This is a team that still has talent on it. They're a lot more talented than Northwestern. That's the case seemingly every single year. But this is one where I think it can be very impactful Go back and watch that Northwestern-Nebraska game and the way the Nebraska just kept coming, going at them. And Northwestern wilted. I think you can do that too. But if you let them hang around and you're dinking around and you're just, uh, we're going to have to punt it back and play field position, don't get into another field position game here. No. This is the week. Yes. Take the shot. Go to the Wildcat and actually throw it out of it for the first time. Right. Do it for the first time here. Get the victory. Get those positive vibes going. Let's get a big win this week. How worried are you about the fact that... uh Riley Moss and, and Terry Roberts are again going to be out. Not overly concerned yeah. because Northwestern doesn't have anybody on the outside that concerns you. Right Now what concerns you is what they've done historically against Iowa as they're very patient. They will dink and dunk. They will do the thing that the Iowa defense is set up to to do. Yeah, and That is, hey, if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to do it with 10, 12, 14 play yep. drives. Short, short yardage. Get it out quick. Yep. Go out there. Get your four yards of carry if need be. But ultimately we're going to stop you in the red zone. Well, they score in the red zone, and they're able to sustain those drives, and they don't make the mistakes, and that is something that has happened throughout. So, you know, Holinsky's not a great quarterback by any means. This offensive line, I like both tackles, but the interior is not very good of their offensive line. Defensively, this is certainly not the, la- the team we've seen the last couple of years for Northwestern, but they're going to have a style and a game plan that has given Iowa trouble. Get them on early. Oh, boy. It just, more and more, on paper, Iowa really should beat this team pretty handily. But we have all that scar tissue of Northwestern games in the past, and that's what just keeps creeping into my mind this week. You taking the Hawkeyes? You giving the points? How do you feel about that? I'm going to play this one live. Okay. As uh, my some of my betting friends like to say, yeah. I'm not playing this game pre-flop. Right. I'm going to be playing it. You want to you want to see a drive or two? Yes, I think you're see which be Hawkeye able to tell, team comes out. Yeah, very early. And if Iowa jumps out early, and he look like Northwestern doesn't happen. I'm going to lay whatever the points get up to. And at that point, it might be minus 17. Right. But I think they absolutely can club this team. But if they're hanging around, I'm jumping on Northwestern right away on the money line. If we see the same kind of things, then I'll I'll go that route and get some plus money with the Wildcats here. Ultimately, I'm going positive this week. I like it. I like it. And it's going to be one of those blots. And we're going to get those good feelings back. Yes. And we're going to be happy as Iowa wins it 
34-13 win and the cover. The game also goes the over. Something hasn't happened much for the Hawks this year. I love it, Trent. Thank you so much. Uh, check out everything Trent does for Hawkeye Nation, for KXNO, everywhere else. Uh, your Degenerate Hawkeyes podcast is one of my favorite things we've added this year. And so uh, so thank you, Trent. This has been always fun. I love it. And go Hawks this week. Go Hawks. We'll be right back in an inside look at Northwestern here on the Hawkeye Nation radio show. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com Let's get to this week's game. Number 22, Iowa travels to Chicago to take on Northwestern, a 6 p.m. kick. And as of right now, Iowa about a 12-point favorite. And my guest today covers Northwestern for Inside NU. It's Leah Asimakopoulos. Leah, thank you so much for the time. Thanks for having me. You know, it's been a bit of a rough season so far for the Wildcats. What, what's been the biggest issue so far? You know, there's been quite a few issues, to be honest. It's it's been pretty much a 180 from last year for Northwestern. They did lose a lot of players, so they're kind of trying to deal with a little bit of a transition year. They've got a new defensive coordinator, losing a, co- a defensive coordinator who they've had for like a decade and was one of the best in college football. So the defense has really struggled to stop some offenses that really haven't even been fantastic. But I think the real problem, like it has been for Northwestern for many years, is the offensive side of the ball. The quarterback situation's been a little bit of a disaster. They've played like five different players at quarterback. Three have really kind of traded off throughout the season. Um, and they're just kind of trying to work through some growing pains right now. So who should Iowa fans expect to, uh, to see under center on Saturday night? No, that's the million-dollar question. I think we're all wondering <laughs> that. But based on, on last week, Ryan Holinsky has been the starter for the past couple weeks. Um, but he really struggled against Minnesota. He was one for six for five yards and was ultimately taken out of the game, and Andrew Marty came in to replace him. Marty was the starter earlier in the season, but then got injured during the Duke game they played in the second week of the, or second or third week of the year um, with a shoulder injury, but now he's back and healthy. So it's really between those two. Um, it's looking like Andrew Marty it does give the team the best chance to win, but – the depth chart has the famous thing that Pat Fitzgerald likes to do where he puts or between the quarterbacks. So I guess we'll just have to find out at game time. How about uh, anybody else on the, on the offensive side that Iowa fans should be uh, keeping an eye on? Who, who's the, the running back this year? Things like that. Yeah, so the, there's actually three running backs who have been taking snaps this year. Evan Hull, Anthony Tyus, who's a freshman, and Andrew Clare, who's a transfer. Um, it's really been Evan Hull taking the bulk of the snaps, and he had a really great game against Minnesota, rushed for over 100 yards. Uh, I believe he had a touchdown as well. Um, he's kind of the one to look out for, and he's filled a big gap. Cam Porter was Northwestern's running back coming into the season, really high expectations for him, and he got hurt and is out for the year. So Evan Hull's kind of filled that gap. 
Um, the receivers as well. Uh, the number one receiver this season has been Stephon Robinson Jr., who's a transfer out of Kansas, but he's been hurt. The time. He got hurt during our Michigan game two weeks ago. So um, it's kind of unclear what his status is, but Malik Washington has been kind of get, getting the bulk of the targets since he's been out. How about defensively? What, what players or maybe position groups should we be looking for uh, Saturday night defensively from the Wildcats? Well, Northwestern's strongest defensive group is definitely its secondary. That's kind of what the case was last year. The secondary was really strong, and they did lose some some star players, including Greg Newsom, who was a first-round draft pick to the Browns. Um, but Brandon Joseph, who was a first-team All-American, is back this year, and he's been playing really well. He's been playing a lot on special teams as well and has, I think, two interceptions on the year, one last weekend, which was a very crucial one for Northwestern at the half. Um, so definitely you know, keep an eye out for that unit. The linebackers aren't, definitely aren't as strong as they were last year when they had Patty Fisher and Blake Gallagher with those guys gone, but Chris Bergen returned for another year, um, and he is one of the captains, one of the star players, so definitely you know, keep an eye out for him. And I believe right now he's actually the leading tackler in the Big Ten, if I'm not mistaken, so definitely someone to look out for. All right, so a couple of offenses that, uh, that have been uh... – I don't know, roughed up a little bit this season in, in Iowa and Northwestern. Um, th- this is going to be an interesting game, I think, Leo. Where, where do you think there, there is an advantage, if there is one, for, for either team here? You know, I, I really think that this is going to be a defensive game. As you said, it's, neither offense has really shown much. I mean, it's been, it's been a tough season for both. So I, I don't think you can expect this to be a very high-scoring game, and I think this is one that's going to be need to be won on the defensive end. It's going to come down to turnovers. It's going to come down to stops. So, to be honest, if this was last year's Northwestern defense, I think Northwestern fans would be a lot more confident. They were one of the best in the nation. This year, it's just been a lot of inconsistencies, especially in the first quarter. The defense just hasn't come out very strong in games and has sacrificed more points in the first quarter than I'm pretty sure the other three combined. So it's definitely been tough. But you know, I think if, if Northwestern can come out early and get stops and get turnovers, forcing turnovers has been another issue. But if they can do that, then you know, that, that's what it's going to take to win for either team. How about like discipline-wise, uh, p- penalties, uh, special teams, things like that? How how has Northwestern been? You know that that's how Iowa won a lot of those games in that six-game winning streak to start the season. They were the more disciplined team. Uh, they were the least penalized team. They they usually won the special teams uh, back and forth. Uh, how how has Northwestern looked in some of those areas? You know, I think it's been kind of inconsistent. I mean, the special teams. To be honest, the Northwestern's puncher has been one of like the stars of the year. Derek Adams, he's been great. Um, but discipline-wise, I mean, it, it, I think it kind of varies game to game. It, I think that it's like this discipline and mindset thing that Pat Fitzgerald has talked a lot about. And it seems like in what he said, at least, is in practices, things have been looking good. They've been implementing these things. But then when it comes to games, like the discipline just isn't there and the execution just isn't there. So I think that that's one thing Northwestern has really struggled with and could get them again this week against a team like Iowa. The last four seasons have been a roller coaster, right? You you win the West in 2018, <laughs> win just three games in 2019, win the West again in 2020, and now a three and five start to this season. How how are fans handling these ups and downs? Oh my goodness, it's been it's been a roller coaster, like you said, and they you know every year you just don't really know what to expect with Northwestern. And I mean, I think a big part of that has just been like the personnel changes, both from a coaching standpoint and from a quarterback standpoint, since Clayton Thorson graduated, 
in 2019 that they just haven't had a consistent quarterback and it's been changing every year. Peyton Ramsey came in as a grad transfer last year from Indiana for Northwestern, and he was really consistent. But in these uh, seasons in between, they've been playing three or four or five different people, and that's just been what's challenging. If they don't have a solid quarterback or someone they can turn to or are faced with injuries, then it's just really hard to get the rest of the offense to come together. So, you know, it's, it's certainly been a roller coaster, and, you know, Northwestern fans feel that Northwestern is often an underestimated program and doesn't really get the same respect as other programs like Iowa and Wisconsin and the Big Ten West. But it is despite going to the, uh, the championship two out of the last three years, but when you have these off years like this, it's really hard to kind of keep that momentum going. She is Leah Asimakopoulos. You can check out her work at Inside NU as well as NBC Sports, some other places as well. Leah, thank you so much for the time. Enjoy the game Saturday night. Thank you for having me. All right, there you have it. Uh, You know, can't overstate how important this game is. Uh, Maybe not in the the scheme of things, but certainly in all of our hearts and minds to get this team back to winning. Uh, I liked a lot of what I heard out of the players on Wednesday or Tuesday during their availability. Uh, I liked what I heard from Kirk Ferentz in a lot of ways as well. And so uh, we'll see. Can this team turn things around? Can they get this figured out on offense? And... You know, get to nine, ten wins and not make this season a, a great disappointment? Or will it all fall apart? Only they will tell. We've got it all covered at HawkeyeNation.com. Check it out and check out the podcast feed, uh, which is HawkeyeNation.com. And welcome back to the Hawkeye Nation radio show here on KXNO. Uh, if you missed any of the shows so far, I talked with Trent Condon. Uh, check out the podcast page at HawkeyeNation.com or uh, search for Hawkeye Nation in any of your podcast feeds, and it will show up. Right now, as we do each and every week, we bring in Joe Schmelka. He's the president of the Polk County iClub, our leader here at Hawkeye Nation. Joe, how you doing today? Good, buddy. Very good. Very good. Beautiful weekend coming up, and uh, like we talked a few minutes ago, optimistic that our Hawkeyes will get back in the winning track. Yes, yes. It feels good. Uh, I feel good about this Saturday, uh, but we do have to go back to last Saturday a little bit, Joe. And, man, what a, what a disappointing game that was really from the beginning. I mean, it felt it felt pretty quickly like Iowa was, was going to be outclassed in that game, and uh, that, that pretty much played out the rest of the game. That was a tough one Saturday afternoon. Yeah, you. Uh, we, we we talked about it. You got to win the turnover margin in a game against uh, Wisconsin, or you're gonna things are not gonna look too pretty. And we not only lost the turnover margin, you know, three to nothing, but uh, man, where we turned the ball over, you, you just can't do that. You just can't turn it over inside your own twenty, and uh, that just that just killed us. I mean, got our defense. You know, they actually played pretty well. I think they just wore down. I mean, the offense gave them. Give them nothing there in the first quarter or so, and then the turnovers hit, and just an ugly, ugly, ugly game. One team is uh, is playing awfully well, and the other team is uh, 
we're not playing so great right now. Yeah, really. and, and really frustrating to have it happen against Wisconsin, too. And, and a Wisconsin team that gets off to a 1-3 and three start, and it now feels like you know maybe they're headed back to Indianapolis. And, and an Iowa team that gets off to a 6-0 and oh start, Joe, and we're feeling pretty good about it. And now it feels like the, uh, the Big Ten West is slipping away. And for a sixth straight year, Iowa likely not going to, uh, to represent the Big Ten West. I mean, obviously things can change. It can turn around. Uh, things can happen, and Iowa can still get back there. But, man, uh, from where we were a few weeks ago to, to where we sit now, Joe, it's been quite a big contrast. Yeah, um, I, I don't think we all realized how, um, how our defense has really carried the offense and our special teams is, has really pitched in and done a great, great job as well, um, giving our offense some short fields and a lot of turnovers and a lot of different opportunities. But, you know, there's just certain teams and certain defenses that, that we don't match up well against, and Wisconsin seems to be, you know, Purdue and Wisconsin both, they just seem to be one of those, and uh, our offensive line, uh, man, they they just exposed all kinds of weaknesses there, and uh, we just were very very confused. Couldn't seem to ever really figure things out. Uh, Peters obviously not a very mobile guy, and it was uh, yeah turnovers just a recipe recipe for disaster, and that's what we saw. So you know, twenty four hour rule, and let's you know let's move forward. I. I we got to get. We've got to get. Uh, I think Northwestern's going to be some good medicine for our offense. You know, their their defense isn't uh, isn't that good, and, and and our offensive line needs to gain some confidence. And we need to start being able to run the ball. My goodness. I just can't believe how poorly we've run the ball the last few years. Yeah, and it feels like it all starts with the offensive line, like you mentioned there. And and uh, you know, if if that were to come together a little bit, maybe that gives Petrus a little more time. Maybe that lets us run the ball a little bit more, which also then helps the passing game. And uh, and you're right, you hope you you get some of that here against Northwestern or Northwestern team that uh, has has been down and, and hasn't looked great and doesn't exactly know who their quarterback is or anything like that. Uh, you feel pretty good going into this game, even after those two losses even after scoring just seven points per game in the last couple of games, that, as you said, this could be the good medicine that, that our offense needs and, and maybe that our entire team needs to uh, to start feeling a little more confident about themselves heading into the last handful of games. Yeah, you got to get a little swagger back. We, we, we've got to get our offensive line straightened out. Um, you know, very disappointing to see that performance coming out of a, a two-week, you know, a two-week prep time, a bye week and everything like that. Um, but we, we've got to get to a point where we can start to run the ball a little bit. If you can run the ball a little bit, then all of a sudden play action works a lot better. And, you know, Petrus has got some time back there. He needs time uh, to, to really be an effective quarterback. Um, he's just not one of those guys that create really anything on his own. I, I, I was happy to see, and we did try and get the ball to, uh, to Keegan Johnson at least a little bit more, um, but – yeah, we, we, we got to find our playmakers and we got to get the ball to them in some space. I, I don't know what's happened to Tyrone Tracy this year. I was hoping he was going to have a have a big year, but he just can't seem to get much separation and get open. Um, it, it's almost, you know, Andrew, it's almost like we've got four slot receivers that are pretty darn good, but we don't have but one wide receiver. You know, you look at Charlie Jones, he's great in the slot, and, you, and you've got Tracy who was trying to play wide receiver, but really he's more of a slot receiver. Uh, Regani is good. Bruce is good. Um, I don't know if, if you can't run the ball, you got to look at doing some of those wide receiver screens and things like uh, like Penn State is doing. I mean, you got to try something a little bit different, and uh, 
Hopefully, hopefully we can run the ball. Hopefully, like I said, the offensive line comes together and we can run the ball. I think on the defensive side of things, I think we're really sound. I, I can't see our defense giving up, what, many more than 10, 17 points in this game. And, you know, your offense has got to be able to score 20, 20 or 20, you know, probably close to 30 points to win a game anymore. So, I don't know, but it, it's disappointing, to say the least, disappointing. It, it has but, been. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so what were, I guess, where are your expectations now for this season? You know, we talked a few weeks ago that expectations should be set at, you know, winning the Big Ten West, getting back to Indianapolis. Uh, that, that feels like a high bar to clear at this point, uh, although, again, certainly not impossible. Uh, is that kind of where you're still looking, Joe, or is it more of a, all right, let's, let's win a few of these games, let's get to a, a nice record, let's get to a, a nice bowl game and, uh, and, and kind of, you know, play this thing out that way? Well, I mean, you know, as you look at the season, you didn't come into this season and look at our schedule and say, hey, this is a 10-2 and two team. And that, that's still in front of us, right? I mean, you know, we're 6-2, we're and two and, and we've got four games left. They're all very winnable. We'll probably, well, I get, you never know. I mean, if we lay another egg offensively this week, I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know if we'll be favored. <laughs> right. But, but the reality is we should be favored you know, against these last four teams and, and their games, we should win. I mean, uh, you know, Northwestern's not playing very good. Yeah, it's at Northwestern, but once again, we should beat them. Uh, we've got Minnesota coming into our place. You know, that's going to be a crazy environment in Kinnick. You got Illinois coming into our place. That's a game we should win. And then you finish up at Nebraska at their place, and you know they're kind of a psychological mess um, right now. So you know, you end up going ten and two. Yeah, our expectations weren't that high going into the season. You know, I think everybody thought we were probably nine and three, eight and four type team with that schedule in particular, and and we can still end up in it and exceed that. Um, everybody got probably a little overly high uh, watching us go six and zero, and a lot of things were going our way for our defense in particular, creating tons of turnovers, uh, pinning teams deep uh, with our special teams. Our field goal kicker has had a great year. And, and all of a sudden, you know, we hit a couple of bumps against a, a, a good Purdue team. And then I think probably a peaking and really darn good Wisconsin team, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Okay, their offense is never going to be anything spectacular. But they, they did to us and they do to other teams what we want to do to teams, right? They want to run the ball, shorten the game, play great defense, get some turnovers, and score just enough points you know, to win the game. And I think we can do that against Northwestern. And then we got to go on and have a great game plan against Minnesota and, uh, and kind of see what, see what happens there. And then knock out Illinois, knock out Nebraska. And also you got a 10 and two season and maybe somebody steps up and knocks off Wisconsin. Big issue is now we don't control our own destiny. So, that's disappointing after a six and zero start for sure. It, yeah, it's, it certainly is. All right, how about uh, for for Saturday night's game? We've talked around it a lot. I think we're both pretty confident in this game. But what's your prediction for uh, for Saturday night? Well, I I, I really think we're gonna I think we're gonna come out. I mean, I'm always optimistic. You know, Jim Zavaloy said that. I think we're gonna come out, and I think we're gonna take out some frustration on them. I think we'll gain a little bit of swagger back. Uh, we got to protect the ball. That's the biggest thing. But if if we don't, if you know, if we can win that turnover battle. I see us winning pretty easily. I mean, I, I think it's going to be something like 27, 13, 
you know, something along those lines. Like we got to control the line of scrimmage on really on both sides of the ball, and we got to be opportunistic and and snag a turnover. I, I don't see them being able to do a lot against our defense, and I got to think that our defense or our offense, I'm sorry, can can run the ball a little bit and get some guys open in the passing. So, I like thirteen seems like good one for me. I like it. Let's stay optimistic. Let's get a big win Saturday night, and uh, and you and I will talk next Thursday about a, a surging Hawkeye team, not a not a waning one, <laughs> right? Yeah, I like that. All right, thank you, Joe. I appreciate the time as always. No Hawks. No Hawks. All right, that's Joe Schmelka, the president of the Polk County iClub, our leader here at Hawkeye Nation. Uh, and that is our show for the night. We appreciate you listening. Check out all of our coverage at HawkeyeNation.com. A lot of great stuff going on there. Uh, check out the podcast page. If you missed any of this show, uh, you can find it in your podcast feed. Thank you so much for listening, and go Hawks.